houses of worship, churches as essential places that provide essential services. Man, you have a problem figuring out what you're for me is wrong, and you ain't black. Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. I can hardly wait to meet with that guy who is the stable genius. Come on, man. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Wealthy kids. Black, white, all colors, all backgrounds, but I mean, come on, man. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. China. It comes from China. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. Strongsville Christian Church The Spirit of the Lord is upon me Because he hath anointed me to preach good news um, Yeah, I'd like to greet everyone and welcome everyone to Strongsville Christian Church Today's message is called To Die For My question to you Knowing that there have been a whole lot of people that have willing to die for things, what is it that you're willing for? What cause do you have? What is it that's so important in your life? Who is it that you love so much that you're willing to die for it? Jay Leno. He is a car collector. He's collected cars all over the world. Went to Cuba, Russia. He loves cars. But if you ask Jay Leno, do you love cars so much that you're willing to die for them? What is it in your life that you're willing to die for? Some people like to get drunk. Are they willing to die for it? Some people like to smoke weed. Some people like their money and their job. Are you willing to die for those things? Is what is it that is so important in your life that you are actually willing to die for it? That's my question today. Is there anything that you're willing to die for? Or do you just feel, yeah, about everything? I can live without it. I'm not dying for it. Because this is what I realize. I present to you this truth right here. Every single one of you, including myself, we're all going to die no matter what. We're going to die. You can't change that. No matter, you can eat all the vegetables you want, you can drink all the water you want, you can work out all you want, you can have a clean diet, you can live a clean and sober lifestyle, be a Christian, and even then, you're still going to die. But my question is, how are you going to die? Why are you going to die? What are you going to die for? That's the question. See, we live in a life right now where people go to war hoping that they make it through and they go home. There are some countries when they go to war, they don't expect to make it out. They, they are willing to die to advance the country, the territory. They know that when they go to war, they're not coming back. That's why in the Old Testament it says, uh, if you marry your wife, that you should stay at home for one year and cheer her up, and you should not go to war. A lot of folks don't know that scripture. It says in the Old Testament, if you marry someone, it says stay at home for one year and cheer up. You should not go to war. Because in other words, if you marry someone, you go to war, you don't make it home. Now you just made her a widow. 
See, I think a lot of times when we sign up in the military, we sign up in the military not to die. We sign up in the military for our college education. Right? And when they do the recruiters, when they recruit people, especially Americans, when they recruit the folks and they set up the table, they give you some free uh, chips and some free pops, and they explain to you of all the benefits that's going to build you up if you go in the military, how it can advance your career, and you could get a check coming, and your medical will be paid for. You'll be permanently enrolled into the Veterans Association and the Veterans Hospital, and your medical will be paid for. No, they don't set up a table and say, if you sign up for this, you are going to die. Sign on the dotted line. They don't recruit like that. We will never have something worth living for until we have something worth dying for. Selah. We will never have something worth living for until we have something worth dying for. Folks, before I was a Christian, it's actually interesting how I became a Christian. Because before I was a Christian, before Christ, if you will, before I got saved, before I got filled with the Holy Spirit, my whole entire life was about myself. If there was a song, just me, myself, and I. Now, I'm not a rapper, but I'm just saying, there was a song, just me, myself, and I. Da, 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 just me, myself, and I. The whole song is about me, myself, and I. It's all about self. And before I was a Christian, my whole, I didn't care about nobody. Family, friends, loved ones, it was all about me. It was all about me, myself, and I. And folks, they live their life all serving themselves. They don't think of how they can be used to bless someone else or how they could be used as a gift. A lot of times the issues with the church in general, when people come to church, they don't think how they can help the church. They shop for a church and see what the church can do for me, myself, and I. Just me, myself, and I. What can the church do for me, myself, and I? Not what can I do for the church. How can I serve in the church? How can I be a blessing? How can I help someone else? How can I encourage someone else? How can I do something? We don't have that mindset. Why? Because we're not willing to die. And it's interesting that the time that I actually cried out to God was just before I was getting ready to take my own life. It was the point where I no longer saw value in my own life. I didn't see my life had a purpose. I didn't see a vision. I didn't see a goal. I didn't have no direction. I had no cause worth living for. It finally realized that my whole life was all about me, and I wasn't... See, when your whole life is about yourself, you really have no purpose. And you know, I spent half of my life living for just myself, and you know what? I did everything that I wanted to do for me, and even then I had no peace. I did everything that I wanted to do for me to build me up, and I still had no joy. And then I finally saw that my, my life was worthless to me, but not to Jesus. 
my life was worthless to me, but not to Jesus. And right before I was getting ready to take my own life, tears were pouring out of my eyes. And I cried out and I said, God, if you're real, you help me right now. And it was just at that point that I was willing to die. That the Holy Spirit came into my life. Jesus Christ came into my life and he filled me with the Holy Spirit. He covered me under the blood. He forgave me for all my sins and he gave me a vision. He gave me a cause. He gave me a purpose. And that was to transform, to be delivered to Christ. To be transformed into the image that God created to me to be in, which is in the image of God. And it was at that point in my life that God gave me a cause. And he called me to be a preacher against all odds. God has a sense of humor. He chooses the least likely person to be a preacher. We will never have something worth living for until we have something worth dying for. What's the Bible say? The Bible says this, in Matthew 16, 25, it says, Who, for whosoever shall save. Isn't that what the last two years has all been about? How can you save your life? How can you protect your life? How can you defend yourself? How can you be safe? But look at what the Bible actually says. How many of you know the devil is going to try to push the exact opposite of what the Bible tells you? And Matthew 16, 25. And you might be wondering, why is it that I have Scrooge McDuck swimming through his money bin? Because Scrooge McDuck, that used to be one of my favorite cartoons on DuckTales. But Scrooge McDuck was a wretch. He was so greedy. He wouldn't tip anyone. He wouldn't buy anything. He was always trying to bargain. He was trying to weasel people down. He had a, literally a bin full of gold, gold coins, and he wouldn't spend anything. He didn't want to pay any of his servants. He would give someone a dollar with a string attached to it, and then after they walked away, he would pull that dollar out with the string from their pocket. And then he, that, that's, that was Scrooge McDuck. And every day, he would swim through all of his money. It was annoying. And that's how folks are. See, you can't give tithes and offerings to a church if you're not willing to die for it. See, when you give money, that's saying, hey, I don't need this money. I'm not living for money. My whole point of money, of life is not to be rich. I don't need it. If you can't give God 10%, you can't live off the 100%. That's something God showed me. In Matthew 16, 25, it says, For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. It's interesting that before I was a Christian, hear this, folks, before I was a Christian, I spent my whole life trying to make money, legally and illegally. I was a, a, a union carpenter, made good money. On the side, I was a drug dealer. And even then, I still didn't have enough money. 
I spent, and, I, and I never really accomplished anything because everything I did, it, I, I would go in and out of jail. Everything was taken from me. I would work so hard and ultimately it would be stripped from me. And my whole life was about money. And then when I died to myself, when I became born again, I no longer cared about money. I was homeless and I didn't care because I had Christ. I went through all the poverty and I didn't care because I had Christ. I had Jesus and I realized that's all I needed. I was in a jail cell with nothing, but I got born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. And finally, when I lost everything, I found life in Christ. When I was willing to die to myself, I found hope in Jesus. And then wouldn't you believe that when I stopped caring about money, I stopped living for money, I stopped being greedy for myself, then money started getting dumped on me. I was trying to run away. Get away! I was trying to run away from money, and it was following me. Get away! I don't want you. You're nasty, filthy. The love of money is the root of all evil. Get away! And it was coming, raining down. I watched family members fight over people that died over money. They tried to give, put me in the will. I said, no, I don't want no part of that. I'm not a vulture. Try to put, don't put me in that will. I ain't going to be fighting over, I ain't going to fight over nothing. I'm not a vulture. Go ahead and have it. And you know what God did? You guys heard what a Sister Rhonda said. God will take care of you. you. You keep putting God first, but you can't do it on your own. This is not something that you muster up and you do self-control and you try to meditate. It don't work that way. Because even if you do it in the flesh, God will honor it. You, all you need to do is seek the Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit of God lives in you, 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 you you'll change. You won't, it won't be a struggle. It won't be a burden. It won't be like you have to muster up the strength. You will change. I didn't change myself. Well, Pastor Joseph, you're just strong-willed, and you did good. You, you changed yourself. You delivered yourself from crack cocaine. You delivered yourself from acid and drugs and marijuana and a life of crime. Boy, you're just so good. Jesus did it. I chose to submit to the Word of God, and the Word of God, it killed me. The word of God killed me. I sat under conviction, not condemnation, conviction. When I was out of the will of God and wanting to do my own thing. You know, even just recently, the Lord put it on my heart to put our church uh, name on the car. I said, God, that's a little invasive. I like my privacy. Say it with me. Privacy. Well, Pastor, you're on TV and YouTube. You don't care about privacy. Yes, I do. I do those things for ministry. I don't do it because I don't like privacy. And God said, that's why I want you to put the church logo on the car. I had to die to my privacy. You see that? See, I'm not saying that you need to put Strongsville Christian Church all over your car. See, God might have you die to something else. I'm telling you what he asked me to do. See, I was good when Elder was rocking the church car. Yeah. 
Elder don't mind his privacy. And God said, I want you to do it. I'm like, but yeah, I got a newer car. God said, you need to do that. I said, no. Man, what's people going to say? I said, okay, I'll do something real low-key then. I'll put it real tiny. Strongsville Christian Church. You won't be able to see it. God said, no. Take over the whole car. Put a big old lion on the hood. Put an eagle with the Constitution on it. Jesus is Lord. Oh, let's calm down, Lord. They don't need all that. You see, when you're willing to die to self, you'll start living in Christ. Now, even uh, yesterday, there was a lady sped up to her car. She's like, I'm thinking people are going to start throwing eggs at the car. You see, in our mind, we always think negative. We think that if we share who we really are in Christ, we're going to get rejected, that people are going to attack us. And sometimes we don't give people enough credit. Man, I'm, I have gotten no negative reactions. People literally cheer when we drive by. See, you don't know what God is going to do when you're willing to die. What are you willing to die for? And this message is not about taking your own life. It's dying to self. Amen. What is it you're willing to die for? In Philippians 1.21, it says, And for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Folks, the whole essence of Christianity is that you can't get to heaven until you die. Amen. You can't see heaven until you have to actually leave this body. Your body's going to die. One, you can't stop it. It is dying. It's a rental. Like rental center, you have a rental body. And you're gonna, your soul is going to leave this body. Where is your soul going to go after you die? See, a lot of folks are prepared to live, but they ain't prepared to die. See, I have insurance, and it's not Geico. It's the blood of Jesus that when I die, heaven will be my home. I'll be walking on streets of gold. The Bible says there is a mansion that is prepared for you in the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says that your name will be lit, written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm living to die. I'm dying to live. This is not my life. I'm not doing everything that I want to do. I didn't even want to be a pastor. And God said, that's exactly what I want you to do. Now I love it. Amen. I'm going to do exactly what God called me to do. And I'm going to love it because it's going to kill self. Nobody can live for God until they die to self. And one of the things of dying to the self is being led by the Spirit. A lot of times the Holy Spirit will lead you to do things that you would not normally do on your own logic. For example, there was a time when I had my motorcycle and I was going through a green light. Green means... Green means... Green means... And God told me to slam on both brakes at the green light, and a semi-truck went through the red light that I didn't see, it would have T-boned me, and it would have killed me. See, when you die to yourself, that means you have to die sometimes to what you can't see. You have to die to sometimes what you can't understand. You have to die to some things that don't make sense. The Holy Spirit will lead you in things that you don't know. 
And when you do the thing that you don't know that God led you to do, that you didn't volunteer to do, you'll start producing life. But you have to first die to your flesh, which is your carnal mind. It is your logical thinking. And I'm not saying we live a foolish life 24-7, but there are some times that we go against the knowledge that we have. Because if you're willing to go against the knowledge that you have in certain situations when God tells you to do it, he will push you farther ahead than you could go on your own. See, if I would have went to my own logic, they trained me, they taught me. I was a little kid and it was red light, green light, red light, green light. And we knew red light, stop, green light, go. And God said, I know you taught that. I know you got it memorized. I know you're a PhD in red light, green light. And God said, red light means? And green light means? Stopping the Holy Ghost when a semi-truck is going through their red light. <laughs> Nobody can live for God until they die to self. And John 12, 24, it says, Verily I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and does what? Dies. It remains only a single seed. See, a lot of times our, the things that we have, they never prosper because we're not willing to die to it. Even our finances, our money. Folks, they'll finance Bud Light, they'll finance the club, they'll finance entertainment and things for selfish self. But when it comes to the house of God, well, I ain't giving no to the house of God. That pastor just want to take all your money. That church just want to take everything. Keep your money. But what happens, because I have a garden, I found out that if you don't plant and let go of that seed, that seed, if you hold on to it, it dies. It'll shrivel up and die. But if you're willing to die to it, you have to let it go. But then when you let it go, boom, it produces the sweetest, juiciest tomatoes that you can put on that grilled hamburger with cheese. And it tastes delicious. <laughs> I looked at some folks that I know that don't like tomatoes yet. Amen. The tomatoes are coming. And you might not like them now, but you'll like them later. Amen. Because Buds will change as you get older. I started liking sunny side up eggs, but when I was young, I was like, eh. and now I'm like, yummy. Put two on there. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Do you know that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die to glorify himself. He did it to glorify his father. He said, I didn't come to do my own will, but that which my father tells me. I don't say of my own. I say what my father in heaven says me to do. I, if it be possible, let this cup pass. He was talking to his father in heaven. He obeyed the father even unto death. What were you willing to die for? What was Christ willing to die for? He was willing to die for you. When the saints lose their fear of death, Satan loses power to manipulate us. Amen. See, this is what's taking place. And some folks, I can preach until I throw up, and some folks still won't get it. It'll go through one ear. They already made up their mind. They made up their heart. And so this is for those that have their eyes already opened. I'm not here to force your eyes open. I'm not here 
to argue, debate, and, 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 and try to convince you. That's not even my job. My job is to simply do this. Declare the word of God. And the Bible says the word of God will not return back void. Just the same way that God changed my mind, changed my heart, opened up my eyes, changed my whole entire cause of life, changed my purpose of life. I trust that if he did it for me, he could do it for you. You see, even the church, some in the church, still have the fear of death. They don't want to die. Now, they might say that, you know, heaven will be their home, Jesus loves me, but by their life, their whole life revolves around themselves. And that tells me they haven't really died yet. Because you have to die so that you can live. I'm not trying to guilt trip you to make you die to yourself. If you want to live and hootie hoo and say it's all good, that's between you and the Lord. Amen. When the saints lose the fear of death, Satan loses power to manipulate. Let the church say, Amen. This is what they're doing right now. They are using the fear of death to control people. You see that? They're, they're using fear tactics. i got to tell you, I, I told you I've been a salesperson. You use fear to sell. Fear sell. You can sell so much. You can sell to someone that normally wouldn't want something if you put a spin of fear on it. If you don't do this, you'll get cancer. If you don't do this, you'll get cataracts. If you don't do this, it's all fear-driven. How many of you know that when you know that you're born again, when you are sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you no longer fear death. And I'm right now, I'm a dead man walking. I'm a dead man walking. I died to myself back in 2002. How do you know that I died? Because I got rid of my gold tooth. Because when I used to drive, I used to drive like this. I died to that. Now I drive like this. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, I died. I'm not trying to be cool anymore. I'm done. I was the coolest person in the world before I was a Christian in my own mind. In my own mind. But in reality, don't, nobody never cared. But in my own mind, I was a legacy. But in reality, nobody cared. But in my mind, I was the cream of the crop. And I could just see the Christians as I drove by. Mm, mm, 
they're probably like, Lord, help them. Second Kings 7.3, 7, it says, Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the gate. They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? If we say we will go into the city, there is a famine is there and we will die. If we stay here, we will die. So go over to the camp and the Amorans and surrender. And if they spear us, we will live. If they kill us, we will die. This is a story about four men with leprosy. It was the law back then that if you had leprosy, if you went within the camp, they were to stone you to death. You were highly contagious. And they knew that if they went over there, that they could die. You see, when you know that you're at a point in your life that you, no matter what you do, you're in a rock and a hard place. You know, there was a time where I was released from prison and I had a criminal record and I didn't know what to do and I had nothing. But here's the thing. When you have nothing, that means you have nothing to lose. And a person with nothing to lose is a dangerous person because they can't be controlled. They can't be manipulated. And when you're a Christian and you know you have nothing to lose in this life, you have nothing to lose in this world, you can't be controlled. You can't be manipulated. Your goal is heaven and you're heaven bound and ain't nothing going to stop you. And these people were at a point of desperation. They said if we stay here to starve to death and die. If we go there and they kill us, let them kill us, but we're going to go either. I'm telling you now today, don't let anything the news tells you to slow you down. Don't even pause for the cause. Keep moving forward in the name of Jesus. The Bible says don't look to the left and don't look to the right. Don't turn back. Move straight ahead in the name of Jesus. God said, I'll take your crooked path and I'll make it straight. 2 Kings 7 8 says, The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered the tents and ate and drank, and they took silver and gold and clothes and went off and hid them. And they returned and entered the tent and took some other thing from it and hid them. So these four lepers that were going to die, see, the devil's trying to get you to stay still. He doesn't want you to move. Just stay in your comfort zone. Quarantine. Stay home. Don't do nothing. Stay home. That They said if we do this, we're going to die. See, there's a lot of folks that they're being forced to stay home right now. And if they stay home, they're not going to put food on the table. They're not going to. Well, you got to go out. You got to go out and live. We weren't created to be in a prison. We weren't created. We were created to fellowship. We were created to live. And the devil will hold folks hostage with the threat of death. But I told you, you can't threaten a dead man. And you see, you know what I learned? A lot of my life, I worried about things that never happened. See, the devil will make you be afraid of things that if, if you do this, you're going to fail. Try to make you afraid of failure. There was a time where I was sitting, I was a deacon at my home church, and uh, Pastor Jones was my pastor at the Circle of Faith Ministry at 32nd and Woodbridge. And that church unfortunately closed down when he died. And I remember telling my pastor, I said, Pastor, I said, I don't know what to do. I said, I, I went to school, and now they're telling me because of my record, they might not give me a license to be an optician. And that means I could spend four years of my life wasting my time 
I could spend all the money on school, pass the board exams, pass all the license, everything, and then because of my record, they can deny me. And pastor said, God is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Whatever you start, you finish. You have to step out by faith and let God handle the roads. He said, are you in the will of God? I said, I don't know if I'm in the will of God. I don't want to waste my time. He said, it's not your time. You ever think that you feel like your time is yours? You ever feel like you, everything is yours, it's your time? It's not your time. Do you know that you coming here right now is a way of you actually died to yourself to come here? We're not feeding you tonight. We ain't handing out back massages. We don't have no coffee for you. You came here to hear the word of God, but you had to die to yourself just to come here. Amen? My pastor told me God is the Alpha and the Omega and the beginning and the end. He said if you started college and all hell is not breaking loose, he said, is all hell breaking loose? I said, no. He said, then you're in the will of God because when you get out of the will of God, all hell will break loose. Things won't add up. Things won't look right. You won't have no peace. You won't have no joy. He said, do you have peace and joy? I said, yeah. He said, you can't be out of the will of God and have peace and joy. That's how you know you're in the will of God. So I said, okay. I called the board and I talked to the people on the license board. I said, look, I got an extensive criminal record. Can you guarantee that I'm going to get a license after I finish? And they said, no. No, we can't. And I said, well, forget it. I'm not going to finish. And she said, that's your choice. But she said, the board is made up of many people, and there's no one person that can promise you until after you pass all the credentials, you pass the board exam, you finish the college, you pay for all your tuition. Four years later, then they will tell you whether you can get it or not. And I said, I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to let the fear of failure stop me. I got nothing to lose. I don't got nothing anyways. I'm poor. I got nothing. What, what am I going to lose? If they don't give it to me, then I still started with nothing and I still got nothing and guess what they gave it to me they gave me my license I set the top of the curve I was on the dean's list I was in the honor program and I passed against all odds I got my GED in prison so you have to be willing to die to yourself die to the possibility that you may fail but who cares move forward anyways and what these four lepers did. There was and there is and there always will be Christians willing to die for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that. There was, there is, and there always will be Christians willing to die. For the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are people all over the world right now. There are people in Arabic countries. There are people in China that have been put in concentration camps for preaching the gospel of Jesus. There are people in the Middle East that have been beheaded. They have been murdered. They have been killed. And it did not stop them from preaching the word of God. There have been Muslims that have been raised up. They were born in a Muslim family. God gave them a dream that Jesus is Lord. They raised up in the middle of the family at the expense of their life. And they were willing to die for their Jesus. 
They were willing to die for the word of God. Do you know that we would not have this Bible translated in English if there were not men that raised up that were willing to die for it? If you know the history of this Bible, William Tinsdale died at the stake. He was burnt to death because this Bible was originally in Latin. And the Catholics had a monopoly on the dialect of Latin. And the common people or the poor people did not speak Latin. And they had to go to the Catholic priest to hear the words of this Bible. And the Catholic people exploited it. And they took advantage of their leverage of the Latin language that they spoke that the common people did not speak. And William Tinsdale rose up to translate the Latin into the English, Old English, King James, if you will. And they took him, and they put him at the stake, and they set fire to it, and they had a roast. And he saw that this Bible was so important that the words of the Holy Scripture were so valuable that he was willing to die for it. What has Christianity become in 2021? Where are we at now? Do we have the mindset of what can we do for Jesus? What can we do for the house of God? What can we do for the pastor? What can we do for our brothers and sisters in the Lord? What can we do for our family? What can we do for our friends? What can we do for our neighbor? Do we have the mindset that we're willing to die for them? Or do we have the mindset of what can I get? I'm going to say it again. There was, there is, and always will be Christians willing to die for the gospel of Jesus Christ. They tried to shut the churches down. They told you in some of these places, they said, if you go to church, we are going to fine every single person a thousand. And it still didn't stop them. Yeah, a lot of them shut down. I'm not going to knock them, make fun of them, talk about them like a dog. I'm just going to say, but God had a remnant that didn't care. They were willing to die for church. They were willing to die for the word of God. They were willing to die to be the light and the dark world. They were going to gather together like the Bible says, do not forsake the assembly of believers as some are in the habit of the last days. They came together at all costs. They knew they would get sent to prison. There are pastors in Canada that got arrested for having church. It says in the last days they would call evil good and good evil. They would not know left from right. I would love to stand up in front of you and say I will die for the gospel. I'm not going to say that. I don't know. I would like to say that, but I don't know. I, sometimes, see, a lot of times we just brag vainly. We just say, oh, I'll do this, and then when it comes time, just, we, we get that Peter spirit. Oh, Lord, I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you. Jesus said, you'll deny me. Not only will you deny me, you'll deny me, deny me thrice. Three times you'll deny me. Oh, no, God forbid. I'll never deny you. He denied. A little girl came over. Little girl. Probably like them two, two little girl over there, cute little one. Probably came up to Peter. Peter, are you with Jesus? No. You're with him. You sound like him. No. Start cussing. You talk like one of them. And speak in tongues. 
But God is always going to raise up. I, I would like that this church is a church to die for. I would like that this is a church that is dying to self so that Christ could be manifested in our life. That we will die to our mind, our heart, our will, and our cravings and our flesh. We're willing to die to that so that Christ could be manifested and glorified in every aspect of our life. You see, and to some folks, to dying to self is different. Some folks, if you don't cuss on your job, you just die to yourself. If you don't steal from the cash register like everyone else, you die to yourself. If you were willing to not talk about fornication and adultery, and because and I know when men get together, sometimes even people in the church, when men get together and a woman uh, with some yoga pants comes walking by, they stop, stop talking about Jesus and start talking about the yoga pants. And sometimes you've got to die to that. Revelation 24, it says, I saw thrones and they sat upon them. The judgment was given unto them and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded. The souls were beheaded. For the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. Not even just a witness for Jesus. They were beheaded for the word of God. They thought, they thought so strongly of this holy Bible that they were willing to die for it. They thought so strongly of Jesus that they said, I would rather have Jesus than my own head. I like my head. See, we live in a day right now where, boom, selfies, everything is selfie, selfie. You know, we don't want to lose our head. We want to take pictures of it and show everyone, and all myself included. But these folks, they were willing to be beheaded. Try, I'm telling you, I've been on Facebook for about 15, 20 years. I've never seen someone take a selfie with no head there. But the Bible says that I saw a throne and they that sat upon them and the judgment was given unto them and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. The word of God which had not worshipped the neither his image neither had received the mark upon their forehead and in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The Bible says that in the last days, the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, is going to rise up in the false prophet, and they won't be able to buy or sell except they have the mark of the beast on their forehand or on their right hand. There was never a time in life where that was even possible, but today... We are in the last days. We might think that we have unlimited time, but I come to tell you the time is near. You have to decide what are you willing to die for? What are you willing to stand up for? Because if you're willing to die for Christ, he will use you in mighty ways. If you don't feel the anointing and the Holy Ghost coming upon your life, that might be because you didn't die to yourself yet. 
when we accept God's love and protection, we will never die for the wrong reasons. Folks, there are people that are willing to die, but they're not willing to die for the right reasons. You know, just yesterday, we drove by Dead Man's Curve. Anyone ever heard of Dead Man's Curve, downtown Cleveland, that big old curve? You know it? That's called Dead Man's Curve. When you go by, it's like, brum, brum, brum. when you're driving, you hear that noise. That's a warning. That's telling you to slow it down. But yet it's still called Dead Man's Curve because some people, they're, they are in such a hurry, they're willing to die for it. What are you in a hurry for that's so important that you're willing to die for it that they got a nickname at Dead Man's Curve? Me and my wife just drove by it yesterday and we prophesied over it and we called it Living Man's Curve. That everyone who goes by it, they're going to live and not die. You got folks that are willing to skydive, they're willing to hop out of the plane, and they're willing to die for entertainment. There have been people that have fallen off roller coasters because they want to have a good time, but they were willing to die for it. There have been people that have bungee jumped and their bungee jump malfunctioned, malfunctioned, and they died. That was such a thing that they were willing to die for. I'm not dying for no bungee cord. I'm not dying for no jumping out of a plane with a perfectly good parachute. I'm going to for Christ and not for entertainment. I'm not dying for money. I'm not dying for people, places, and things, but Jesus and the Word of God. When we accept God's love and protection, we will never die for the wrong reason. Genesis 19, 12, it says, The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry of the Lord against it, people is so great that he sent us to destroy it. It's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. It was a city that rejected God. The two men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here? Son-in-law, sons or daughters? Or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here. What is it that you need to get your family out of? God was getting ready to release judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. But he still had a few children left that loved him. That was not involved in all the wickedness. Do you know that there is a wrath of God that is waiting to be released upon this earth? It is not intended for the saints of God. 
The Bible says in Revelation that there were seven bowls, seven vials of God's wrath that he is going to pour out upon the earth. You can call it the apocalypse. You could call it whatever you want. But the Bible prophesies that the earth and everything in it will be burned up with a fervent heat. We are not intended to be part of that as Christians. This is why when we say that we're saved, God doesn't want to just save your flesh. He wants to save your soul from destruction and the judgment to come. He pleaded with Lot. He pleaded with all of his family, all of his loved ones. He Look at this. They didn't want anyone that he loved to be part of this judgment. You see, God's grace and mercy got me out of a life of crime. God got me out of it. I was in and out of jail, in and out of prison. God got me out of that. He delivered me from it. I was on drugs and alcohol. God delivered. He got me out of it. I didn't do it on myself. God got me out of it. I love those things, but I didn't want to die for them. They, they tortured me. They took away my peace. They took away my joy. It made me not want to live anymore. All those sinful things, it, it made me not want to live. To the men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you, get them out of here. Do you hear the warning of God? Get them out of here. It's a plead. It's the love. It's the grace. It's the warning of God, the mercy of God. Get them out of here. Because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against it. The people is so great that he has to. He has sent us to destroy it. There is a people right now on this earth. They are rejecting God. They are mocking God. They literally stole our church sign on Pearl Road. It wasn't hurting no one. It wasn't destroying anything. It wasn't bothering. They stole it. It bothered them. Genesis 19.16, it says, when he hesitated. You see, when God warns you, it is not time to hesitate. We can't afford to hesitate. We are in the last days. We can't afford to hesitate, folks. What is it that you're hesitating? God could be calling upon you right now. What are you hesitating for? Give your life to Jesus. Give your heart to God. There's no time to hesitate. It says the men, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. And as soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives, don't look back. Folks, that's underlined. When God gets you out of a wicked place, don't look back. The Bible says a dog returns back to his vomit. Don't be like a pig that returns back to the mud. When God gets you out of it, don't go back to it. Don't look at it. Don't talk about it. Don't remember it. Just get out of it. What is it that God has brought you out of? 
Because I got to tell you, the devil will fight you tooth and nail to try to get you to go back to it. Tell the devil, I ain't going back. He said, flee for your lives. Don't look back. You see, the devil, he will, before he tries to get you to go back, he'll just try to get you to take a peek. Because if he could get you to look, you're going to follow what you're looking at. I'm looking at Jesus. And don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. Folks, there are some times when God makes a suggestion. And there are some times when God makes a commandment. Nineteen twenty-three says, "By the time Lot reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land, and the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah for the Lord of heavens, and thus He overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all the living in the city and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt." What did she look back? Do you know that God can get you out of a wicked environment, but your heart is still there? You see, I've done prison ministry to the glory of Jesus for 17 years. I was an ex-inmate. I've been to four different state, Ohio state prisons. I've been in and out of jail. I've been to the 3rd District, 4th District, East 140th Jail. I've been all over in prisons and jails. And I know the heart of inmates. There are folks that when they go to prison, they develop an institutionalized mentality. They develop a prison mindset. They develop a dependency on the environment of an institution. And then even when they get paroled, even when they get released from the prison, they get out and they bring that prison mentality with them. Even though they're physically free, mentally they're still locked up. And something happened to me the last time I was in prison in 2002. I actually died to myself so much that I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I no longer wanted to leave jail. I no longer wanted to live prison. Paul said, I've learned to be content in all situations and I found out that I could praise God even in prison. I could praise God even with nothing. I could praise God with nothing and nobody but Jesus and the Word of God and I found peace and joy that passed all understanding when I was in prison and I no longer cared about when the judge was going to release me. I no longer cared when the parole officer was going to let me go. I had peace and joy. God let me go inside of the prison and I didn't care. And I remember the last day, they're like, oh man, look at Kalini. He can't wait to get out of here. I said, no, I don't even care. I said, I already got released out of here in 2002 when God set me free. Man can't give it and man can't take it. When God sets you free, you are free indeed. And too many people in jail, they can't wait until they can get physically out of there. But even when they get physically out of their mind's still there. They still got to be cool and they still got to fit in. Man, forget all that. 
I got set free in my mind when I was in there. I, folks, the only way you can do that, it's not a natural thing. There's no amount of psychology, no medication, no prescription, no doctors. There's nothing in the natural realm that can give you the mindset to make someone enjoy. I got to the point when I was in jail, I enjoyed it. I loved it. The food came. It was slopped. I said, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. It's good. Give me more. And guess what? When I found joy in prison, I never came back. See, when the things that the devil tries to punish you becomes a pleasure, he loses all control and power and authority over you. He can't manipulate you with something that you enjoy. Whip me on my back. I like it. Give me more. Kind of takes the joy out of it. Do you know a bully keeps bullying when he gets a reaction? But when you stop giving the devil a reaction, you know what he does? He moves on to someone else that will react. But see, when you're a dead man walking, God's love is so great. My whole life I thought God didn't love me. I'm not bragging, folks. I used to take this Bible with words on and I smoked weed out of it. I, I smoked, I was an atheist. I didn't believe in God. No, don't cry, it's okay, God forgive me. God forgave me. But you know, I didn't know that. I spent my whole life thinking that God hated me. I wonder how many people think that God hates them. God didn't hate me. He hated what I was doing. Houses he hated of worship, churches as essential places that provide essential services. Just as bright and just as talented as white kids, wealthy kids. Black, white, all colors, all backgrounds, what I mean. Come on, man. Why are you calling this the Chinese virus? It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. China. It comes from China. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. Strongsville Christian Church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach good news.